it's been a while since I've actually also that I've started drinking on this show. Um, yeah, I'm out of whiskey now too. Dude, same here. Which one? Um, well, it might be bourbon actually. Uh, bullet. Yeah, bourbon's a bullet. Uh, bu- bullet bourbon. Yeah. Well, I mean, bur- 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 bourbon bur- is a type of whiskey. Yeah, dude, I'm having this like Krakatown Creek or some or Creek or some some shit like that. Uh, I just like randomly got the store. Not bad. I mean, it, it's a bourbon. Um, I think of all the ones I've told you about how I've been like every every weekend or anytime I just go back to the ABC store to you know restock on bourbon or whiskey whatever I've been trying to pick something different just to kind of change it up and try different ones so far of the ones like I've gotten I think I don't want to say by far but my top two are Ocean's Jefferson's and then also and then the second one probably is Gentleman's Jack like I really like Gentleman's Jack for a $30 bourbon now, like, are you are you like buying bourbons and like drinking them all, like either are on the rocks or straight, or are rocks, you like yeah. actually mixing them? Oh, okay, no, no, no. Yeah, no I think mix. it was after. I think it was after you may have said it. Like, I've kind of been doing something similar where I've just been going to like whenever I do like get a new bottle, uh, I'll just like try something new because like obviously you know sure you can always fall back to like your captain morgan sailor jerry's or you know evan williams not evan williams uh what's the one called fucking like jmo or something like that but i do want to try like different kinds of bourbons and scotches like just to kind of sip on yeah i try to get um, i try to get buffalo trace uh last time but they didn't have it so i got this like buffalo trace is good dude yeah so i they but the abc store here near the one i went to at least uh was they sold out they said like yeah if you're not here by like within a day or two like these things fly off the shelf and so he recommended like another virginia whiskey and it was like brothers bowman bowman or something like that um i could go look at it but this my mic's gotcha my gotcha but I, I, that's the one I got recently, so I have to try that out. Just yeah. This is the last of the. I, I've been uh, kind of doing the same with beer as well, where it's like just like I'll obviously get like my go tos, like either like a twelve pack of Bud Light seltzer or like Bud Light Platinums or something like that, or like Kona, and then I'll like go get like a four pack of of something new just to kind of have. You know, I, I feel like ever since we had that, you know, when you cracked open that shock top, which has now kind of been that staple, uh, staple sound of our intro. Um, but I guess that's, you know, an, enough about alcohol, even though that is, I'd like to say like a third of our show. Uh, but yeah, dude, week one, one pretty successful football. I was, uh, pretty excited. You know, uh, Colleen was out of the house. I pretty much was on the couch from 1 PM till probably, I think I watched all of the 1 PM slates, a few of the four, and then I like obviously took a break, and then it was I, I don't think I watched many of the Sunday night games. Yeah, I usually watch obviously because usually that's when the Redskins play. It's like all of the one p.m. games, whether you're watching that game or Red Zone or flipping between like the Fox yeah. game and the CBS game. But I'll watch a little bit, maybe like 15, 20 minutes of real time, not game time, of like the four p.m. game, and then I just need to check out where I'm like, all right, I'm having, this is just football overload. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then then I'll watch maybe a little bit of the Sunday night game if I'm interested or if it's a good game or good teams. But it's just like you know, for me, it's like I still so much more prefer college football. Like I could literally go from 12, 12 p.m. on Saturday to one a.m. Sunday and just watch all college Dude, football. I agree. I agree. Versus, I mean, it's probably also because like college football tends to be a bit more high scoring as well. Yeah, uh, it's just so like a bit more of a faster pace game. Yeah, like I agree. if you have like what. On average, 1 p.m. games for the NFL, you have, what, 
you know, with 32 teams with 16, 16 games most, they try to probably do probably like 10 of them, 10 of them at the, or maybe, maybe like eight to 10 of them on the one. Probably like slate. eight. You have like what, you know, two teams on a buy and then like three got... or four at the 4 PM. Yeah. yeah. We're not even on a buy yet. And then of course you have the Sunday night and Monday night games. So there's just not as many selections for NFL and you know, if whether it's your team's playing or they're losing and you just don't want to watch, or there's just not many other good matchups or, you know, tight games to watch or, you know, it's, it's easy to just say, well, to hell with it. Whereas like college yeah. football, you know, maybe they're not, they're inferior teams playing against inferior teams or, you know, big team, you know, high ranked teams versus high ranked and everything in between. There's just so much to choose from, and it looks—it's like they're on every channel: NBC, Fox, ABC, CBS, all the ESPNs, you know, and then all the yeah. other regional Fox networks, and all the other regional CBS, and you know, Texas has their own network, and and so on. So it's like it's easy to skip. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, dude. I mean, for the first week of football, I mean, everything sort of went pretty well i mean i thought that you know players would sort of like let up on tackling or you know there'd be like a like a different sense of gameplay or whatever but i mean aside from like the few stadiums that had fans um obviously everywhere else was kind of closed off to the general public but i mean football as a regular i mean still still seemed pretty good the one thing i noticed was and it actually i saw stat later on to confirm it was you know everyone was bitching and complaining um last year with how many holding calls there was it seems like anytime somebody touched another person it was a holding call uh whereas this year at least and again it's only a small sample size of one week but it seems like there wasn't as many holding calls or iffy calls like you know ticky tack calls Mm -hmm. And then they showed a stat later on where they said, like, you know, week one of last year, there was like 90 holding calls, um, whereas uh, this year it was only 18. So it wasn't like me just seeing it, you know, and everyone was bitching at the ref saying, you know, they're being too, you know, you know, again, they're being too ticky tack with calling these fouls. You know, everyone's saying, let them play. So I think that kind of message went out to to the referee association or whoever, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, the game's already long as it is. And every time you have more penalties and flags, it just slows it down and it just gets annoying. So I'm glad, you know, you know, they've hopefully, again, it's one week, small sample size, but hopefully that's the trend that we continue seeing. I agree. Yeah. Um, And kind of using this next point, maybe just to kind of recap, probably really the only game that we quickly want to recap because it affected both of us. But um, with, the kind of absence of stadium noise, right? Like usually an away team kind of going into someone else's home stadium, like you got to start coming up with like a silent count or kind of figure out some sort of signal to snap the ball. But now with kind of minimal to no stadium noise, a lot of teams are going to like this hard count or fake counts. And uh, I mean, from the games that I did watch, there were a lot more, I think, uh, neutral zone infractions or like false starts by a lot of these teams. And, it should be interesting how like teams sort of adjust to that kind of going forward where, you know, normally you're just kind of doing a hard account, you know, maybe you might throw in some sort of fake calls and try to like get people to jump off the line and possibly get a free play. Yeah. That's almost uh, like a double edged sword where it's like, there's no noise. You can hear everything so much better. So I could see it one way where it's like, if, you know, you know, if, if you're on defense and you're waiting for, uh, you know, the hard, you know, you're listening, you can easily hear them doing the fake calls and the audibles. So that helps too. 
Um, but there's also where it's like, you know, or I should say it's easier to hear the, the conversations amongst the other teams. Maybe you can pick up on the audible that they just called. But then also the bad thing is, too, it's like, you know, you know, the hard counts are going to be easier to hear since you don't have the noise, you know, dumb exactly. it down or, you know. Uh, and so now like you're more susceptible to those hard counts and, you know, getting those neutral zone infractions or offside calls. Uh, so it's kind of like a positive and a negative at the, yeah, at the, exactly. at the same time. Um, but kind of, you know, like I said before, foreshadow or kind of recapping, you know, Eagles, Washington. Uh, I don't think anyone kind of saw this scoreline. Uh, I guess the same could also be said about the Colts Jags game as well, but obviously we won't really touch up on that game as much, but, um, very interesting game overall, obviously, um, there was definitely big glaring gaps on both sides for the teams. Um, a lot of hope for both teams as well. I mean, that, that front four, I mean, as, as banged up as the Eagles O-line is, I mean, your front four was fucking nasty that, that game. I mean, eight sacks. It, it was unreal. Small um, sample size, but, you know, that's – Yeah, know, you I put mean, some, some, at least some hope, right? Yeah, it's something that, you know, the offense, I think we all expected them to struggle just because there's literally outside of Terry McLaurin who really didn't see that many balls thrown at him. Um, you know, there's really no dynamic – threat on the outside, you know, at, at the, uh, you know, running back and receiving positions, but yeah, they, they have a, they have a good front four. You can even, you know, and they have, a, it's not just four of them. It's, you know, rotation about, you know, five or six of them. So they usually, you know, they can rotate these guys every other down or, you know, so they're fresh still. So yeah, you can have a great four, but you know, they, everyone gets tired. So, you know, the, someone needs to sit out for a couple snaps and that maybe you see kind of a lapse in the talent or the pressure then, but they, they've done, I shouldn't say done well, or I should, you know, I guess you could say done well in the draft where you draft some people and you got lucky with one guy, Matt Ioannidis, who they got in the sixth round from Temple, who's been a, a good player for them for that kind of value. Um, but yeah, that's their strong point. I think everyone knew that, especially when you had Chase Young into it, you know, it makes everyone better. And, you know, it, a good defensive line, you know, anytime you build a team, you usually want to do it within the trenches. Um, and, you know, when you get defensive pressure like that, like they did on Wentz, you know, it makes everyone everyone else's job that much easier from the linebackers all the way to the safeties where, you know, they're not, you don't have to cover people as long when, you, you know, you're making Wentz or the QBs in general throw it faster versus giving them five seconds to look and see, see what's out and letting the receivers get more open. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it was – there's not much to say. I mean, there's so much to say. Probably I should say that. There's a lot to say about, you know, what the Eagles did wrong. I mean, I personally, I think it was just a top to bottom collapse. Um, sure, there were some, like, pockets of greatness, but I just think overall, all the way from the head coach to the play calling to the individual plays, um, I, I just think that it, it was a total collapse. Hopefully, you know, the Eagles rebound and, you know, there were sort of key – key injuries in our linebacker core during that game as well. Um, hopefully we get players back. Apparently Miles Sanders and Lane Johnson are supposed to return for next, uh, for next week's game. But uh, I don't know, man, if, if that's, if that's a glimpse as to, you know, what, what our season's going to look like, it's going to be a long, long 16 weeks. Um, but any other games that kind of stood out to you, I guess, uh, I mean, everything else seemed kind of pretty chalked. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers went off on the Vikings. Lamar Jackson picked up right where he left off against the Browns. 
Um, I mean, I guess if there is anything surprising, like Saquon had what, like six yards? Some shit like that? Like yeah, that, that him and, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think he got hurt, but, you know, same thing. 22 James. yards, sorry. I don't. Did he get hurt? I didn't even see. I knew he didn't have much. Uh, I think they put him out as questionable. I don't think he got hurt. But uh, who else? Like even like Nick Chubb had like some stupid amount of yards, like six or seven yards, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I would say James Conner too, but he got injured in the beginning yeah. of the second quarter, so nothing you can really do about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think of the teams that were heavy favorites, they won. The ones were kind of a coin flip. You know, they were kind of a close games. Um, yeah. And, you know, especially with new players that come into these teams, you just don't know how different, uh, how much difference the defense is. And especially with rookies coming in, especially at these skills positions, you know, with the CD Lambs of Cowboys, the, you know, the Judy at, um, you know, Denver, uh, Henry Ruggs with, um, you know, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so they all made a contribution. You know, it wasn't huge, I don't think, from what I saw, but. Um, but a nice like debut, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I would say the biggest thing I, I think, uh, you know, one thing that kind of popped out to me is, you know, watching the Bucks and Saints game at that, that 4 p.m. slot. I mean, the, the, the everyone hyped up the Bucks. They didn't play bad per se. You know, they played a really good Saints team. Um, but, you know, one thing I noticed was with, you know, Gronkowski, you know, he seemed really slow, you know, coming out of retirement. I agree, dude. I don't know if he's just not in game shape, which it could be because he hasn't played in a little over 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 a year or two um but he seemed really slow and that's usually tom brady's go-to check down and he saw two two catches during that game so that that was kind of eye-opening um you know frustrating for me frustrating for me with like him being on my fantasy team so that kind of sucked but <laughs> yeah um, on the flip side of that like then you have cam newton i mean sure they were playing a dolphins team but like still showed up, you know, like, I mean, yeah, he, he did his thing 15 for 19, 155. Uh, he had what 15 yards, 75 yards rushing two TDs. So like, I mean, you could definitely tell that a lot of the play calls that, you know, they'd done were like designed QB runs. But then obviously when you have a freak of the athlete, like him lining up under center, um, I'm sure it does open up the playbook for Bill Belichick. Cause obviously for Tom Brady, he wasn't calling design design options or anything like that. But yeah. So I would say the other, only other one that really kind of popped out to me was probably the Cowboys. Everyone's been, you know, every, same shit, different year. They hype them up. They had CD lamb to, you know, they to their core of receivers who are already really good. Um, you know, watch that game for the most part, they had a hard time moving the ball. Now given the Rams defensive line or defense is pretty good, not, not stout, but you still have Aaron Donald that just blows up the whole offensive line. seems like every other play, but they were, I was, I was color me, not impressed with from what I saw. Speaking of Aaron Donald, did you see that one play where yeah. he bullied the left guard? And That's then exactly tossed, what I'm thinking. And then yep. tossed Zeke aside like a yeah. toy. I mean, oh he, my God. Uh, the dude is 6'2", 300 pounds. And if you see him without a shirt, uh, he's shredded. I mean, you, I mean, the dude's a walking house. dude. Like, you can't, unreal. you should not have a six pack bulging out of your stomach when you're 300 pounds. And six, I mean, you should have like a nice gut. <laughs> I mean, but, let's let's kind of use use the Rams, right? Because I'll, I'll use that as like a segue into our into our week two picks, and I'm already going to start off with my underdog pick, and I'm sure you have this as well. But LA Rams coming in at a point and a uh, point and a half dog against the Eagles, I'm taking that in a heartbeat. I mean, 
sure we might be getting some health back on the Eagles O-line, but we have Andre Dillard out. We have Jason Peters that's just moved to a different side. I'm sure he's going to pretty much try to sh- shadow Aaron Donald. Um, but we just – and then even last game, everything on the right side – for the Eagles O-line was like a rookie. It was like the first time playing one dude after he got injured, came, like was a dude coming off the practice squad. Um, and, you know, everything that we just said about Aaron Donald, I mean, if you're bullying an O-line, like the Dallas Cowboys, who probably arguably are the best O-line in the league, maybe if not that, like top two, top three minimum. Uh, Indianapolis um, probably has the best O-line, yeah, but yeah, like, they're, they're within the, the talks point and a half is something that i'll take i mean the rams you know they seem to have found some sort of run game uh their passing game was there obviously you know we've beefed i mean eagles have beefed up their secondary a little bit with kind of getting rid of you know getting rid of some of the weak links getting some key players back we signed darius slay who was like at least one shining star throughout like uh the game against washington but a point and a half if I really have to take a coin flip. And obviously I'm going off a small sample size and hoping that the Washington game wasn't, you know, is not an indicative thing of the rest of the season. Um, I think the Rams defense is going to do something very similar that the Washington Redskins defense did. And I think it's going to be a game that could get ugly very fast for the Eagles. So sign me up, no fans at the link, uh, point and a half, which neutral field, it's a toss up. Um, yeah, so give me the Rams for point and a half. Uh, uh, I got I got for my first pick, and this is not uh, underdog, this is regular, just um, favorite. I, I'm, I'm going to take uh, San Francisco covering on my end, what I'm seeing here on Bovada. I'm, I have them covering the uh, seven points uh, that they okay. are. All right, so I got uh, this game as well, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah, so, I mean, you can go into it right after, but, you know, I, I watched little highlights of the Jets. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't feel bad for them just because I'm a Redskin fan, so I have to go through all my pity and, you know, horrible game after game performances, Sands last week. Uh, but they, they just look horrendous on both sides of the ball. And then what doesn't help is with Le'Veon Bell getting hurt and sounds like he has some kind of injury where he's going to be out. I think I saw like two to four weeks or he's on the IR. So he has to miss like the next three weeks from what yeah. I saw. So, um, you know, San Francisco didn't blow anybody away last week. Um, but I think with the lack of offense and weapons that New York Jets have with the stout defense San Francisco has, um, you know, San Francisco's offense is very pedestrian. You know, they just get by uh, scoring just enough, uh, letting their defense carry the way. Um, I, but I think just they, they are, uh, well, they're much better team than the Jets, and I just don't see the Jets scoring much uh, on the on the, the uh, Niners' defense. Um, and like I said, especially with a weapon like Le'Veon Bell, who's since he signed up with them has very underperformed um, for the Jets. But, yeah, I have – and I have San Francisco easily covering uh, those seven points, uh, covering the seven points. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, pretty much everything, like you said, uh, I mean, the, the Jets just look atrocious on both sides. Le'Veon Bell going down doesn't hurt, like, doesn't help them. Obviously, they got rid of their deep threat with Robbie Anderson going to Carolina. Um, I, I Yeah, I really don't see them sort of taking on 49ers, which, yes, they had some injuries and, you know, they don't have much on the offensive side as far as 
Uh, I believe their number one receiver is out. Um, George Kittle might be hurt. Uh, he hasn't like it hasn't been said uh, if he's going to be out or not like fully. But I mean, he'll he'll probably come back. I, I don't see uh, I don't see him kind of missing out a game or he could. Uh, I mean, we'll see. But I just think with that, with uh, sorry, Debo Samuel. That's right, he's out. Um, but I think. San Francisco's got enough weapons, and you got Raheem Mostert in the back. Uh, I just think they're overall better team, and then obviously don't get me started on their defense. Uh, I think all of those things, you know, covering the seven points, uh, it should be a should be a pretty easy cakewalk for the uh, for the Forty Niners. Um, but since we had that same pick, why don't you uh, why don't you go off with, uh, with your yeah? Pick? So this guy, I've never been really impressed with ever since he was drafted as the QB of their future. Uh, but it seems like every week that goes by and every game, you know, they may not come out with a victory, but it seems like every game that you know he plays in, he gets better and better and better. And you know, he's never really talked about because he's never in a hot market like the New Yorks and the the LA's and the Dallas's of the world. But uh, I've been really impressed with, you know, Josh Allen with how he's been improving for, for Buffalo uh, as their QB. <laughs> you know, we literally have the yeah. same picks. Yeah. Right, go for it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like I, I was, he played very well last week and he's improving, you know, he can run it too. He's like, he's, you know, white boy can run, gives him that nice dual threat run and play Miami, um, you know, six, six point favorites, uh, Miami, just color me unimpressed as well. Uh, they have no weapons. They have Fitzpatrick, you know, the Harvard Wonder Boy, who still has the quarterback. It's only it's, it's only it's only time it, until you know Tua's gotten enough mentoring and maybe some bat, you know late late minute um, you know, scrap time to kind of get some reps in live game reps for until he takes over the helm and starting position for Miami. But until then, with Fitzpatrick with no weapons around him. You know, you know, they brought in Jordan Howard as a running back. You know, he sucks. Um, doesn't suck, but their offensive line's not so hot, so he's not yeah. doing well. No weapons on the outside, really, to really brag home about. Um, I like Buffalo. Their defense is really good. Uh, they brought in Stephen Diggs. Stephon Diggs, I'm sorry. You know, is one of uh, his weapons with Josh Allen. And then Dude, Josh uh, Allen, doesn't he remind you a little bit of, like, early Cam? Like not he's like he's like like I mean he's not like as massive as Cam, but like he sits in the pocket, but he's like always looking to like dart he, out. I, well. I guess that doesn't remind me of him just because they have a different frame. He might be as as heavy, but like I think he's only like six two, whereas Cam's like six five, six six. So you kind of have like a different stature. Yeah, I mean, but same sort of like mentality, like that dual threat quarterback, right? Like yeah, I mean he I mean, he, he can he, sling it down. He the, loves down the field. pulling it down and running it, but yeah, he has a big arm to kind of like you should sling it down the field. Um, so, you know, he does, you know, definitely brings that dual threat ability, uh, at that, you know, at the quarterback position. So, um, I have Buffalo easily covering the six points, um, uh, as the favorites. Uh, so, so put me in for Buffalo, uh, beating Miami covering the six points. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're probably just going to run the picks for me then. Uh, cause I, I literally have that same exact pick as well. Um, I, I truly like Buffalo. Now, you know, taking the fantasy owner aside, as I do have uh, Josh Allen uh, as my QB, but I mean, everything, like you said, um, Josh Allen is, you know, out of that initial draft class, right? It was, I think, Josh Allen, um, Baker Mayfield, what was it, Lamar, and uh, who's who's the Jets guy again? 
Uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, right? I think those are the four QBs in the draft. Obviously, Lamar is in a league of his own. But of those other three, I mean, Josh Allen is definitely sort of separated himself from the other two. I mean, everyone had Baker Mayfield hyped up, you know, Heisman winner. Clearly, him and the Browns have gone nowhere. Um, There's obviously turmoil between, like, just internally within the team. Jets are a dumpster fire. Um, and But with Josh Allen, I mean, they they found something. They brought in Frank Gore as a senior back for them. Uh, they brought in Stefan Diggs, another, you know, solid, like, slot receiver. And then, you know, you obviously got John Brown to kind of take the roof off um, to kind of complement Josh Allen's big arm. And then, you know, yeah, Josh Allen is not, not afraid to kind of tuck it down and, you know, run for the extra couple yards. He knows he's going to get hit, but... I mean, he ran in for a touchdown or two. Um, He's a big boy. It, it seems like their offensive playbook, and I think that's kind of the big thing, right? If you look at a lot of the teams that have that are having success lately within the league, I mean, you take look at Chiefs with Ravens. Um, let's maybe let's you know take a look at Buffalo Bills as well. Um, and then one of my teams, which I'm, I truly think are going to be better within the next year or two, is the Cardinals. All of these QBs are like your dual threat QBs, right? Like when you when you start opening up the playbook to where the linebackers can't just either sit back and cover zone or kind of come up and just kind of block the run, and they got to make a choice as to what they're going to do. Um, that I think is just a great recipe. And then everything, like you said, nothing on Miami scares you. I think they're still in kind of a rebuild phase. Um, yeah, I think next next draft you're going to see Miami draft a lot of like th- uh, weapons to put around to uh you know probably draft a receiver in the first two or a couple rounds maybe a running back because they don't really have anybody established at running back since they tr- traded uh Kenyon Drake, uh but yeah uh, yeah it's so we'll, we'll see but so well, you got you got your three picks and I got to do my I, yeah, underdog right I, I got my three out of the way so. You might as well just kind of finish this off with your. Yeah, so uh, to top this off with so the underdog pick I have. So uh, I, I don't, I, I mean, I think I'm pretty confident with this one. I, I don't, uh, I think this team played last game, you know, first game was getting jitters out. Their star player didn't play well. Um, and I think they're, he's going to come back and play to the level that we all expect him to. Um, and so where, where I'm getting at is I'm, I'm taking the giants plus five and a half points over the bears. The bears had to stage a late, uh, three touchdown fourth quarter comeback just to beat the lions of all teams. So I do not trust Trubisky. I don't trust him in any game. He could play against the JV a high school team down the road, I, I would still probably take the points with the JV team. Mitch, Trubisky's like one QB that like you can never sell me on. Like I don't, like he wasn't star studded out of UNC it's, either. I, like, don't like, know. I just don't know what it was. He's like Haskins. He had one good year. Uh, you know, Haskins with Ohio State and him with UNC he had one like decent good year. Um, and they, they, Loved them from from the get go. They trade they they traded up from three to two, uh, just to make yeah. sure they could draft them. Yet three didn't even take a quarterback when they whoever three was, and they passed on passed up on Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, which is just now it's joke and a half. Oh, it's horrendous. Um, yeah, I mean Bears fans might were probably just nightmares every every day of just Dude, dreaming of what they could have had or you know what it could have should have. So, but I think Saquon, as we kind of uh, you know we on uh, off this line, we were kind of talking about uh, how, or you might have mentioned how he struggled with a couple only like you know twenty two yards something like that. I think he comes back with a vengeance, kind of 
puts up that typical 110, 120 yards games with one touchdown. Um, lots of receiving yards. They actually have a sneaky good receiving core with Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. You have a good tight end and Evan Ingram. Um, yeah. They, I mean, they I mean, just played solid in in the yeah. In I mean, game. they played like, a good Steelers team, good defense, and you know, Steelers has a good offense, a lot of weapons. So it's not like they you know they lost by what was it twelve by like ten. Yeah, so I think it was like twenty eight to sixteen uh, or something like that. Twenty six sixteen. That's what it was. Twenty six sixteen. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was a blowout. And like I said, maybe it's just the first game where they just kind of get all the kinks out. But uh, I, I'm, you know, seeing this five and a half points for the Giants with, you know, the decent, okay to decent team uh, against the Bears. I, I don't know how Bears are five and a half favorites. You know, again, they're so-called home, but there's no really home advantage. Um, I, I see I see the Jets – or no, I'm sorry, not the Jets, but the Giants, um, um, you know, either winning outright or you know, keeping this close enough, definitely within a five and a half point uh, spread. I agree. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I think, you know, I think more so this week's lines than like last week's are a little bit more easier to pick. I think last week was like, it was pretty hard to kind of pick an underdog. Um, when you have no sample size, it's kind of hard. Yeah, true. Kind of um, but this week's, I mean, this week's game should be pretty good. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, week two, uh, another solid week of football. Um, even for college, I mean, I know I said it last week and I thought there weren't going to be that many like good college games, but like when I was looking at, uh, at the schedule, I mean, there's, I mean, there's not like fantastic games. I mean, I think the following week is when you've got like some nice games to kind of really just like hunker down, grab a six pack of beer and just like start going at it. Um, but I mean, this week's schedule doesn't look terrible. I mean, you know, the only you got Miami versus Louisville, another team you probably can't really sell me that's, on is Miami being ranked number seventeen. I think game day is going to be there. I think that's like their prime time for Saturday night. I believe it's yeah, 7, it is. Yeah. It's the seven thirty game on ABC, so that's usually where they're yeah, usually where they're at. Um, it sucks that you know Tech's game got postponed, but we just got to wait another week uh, to play NC State. Hopefully, uh, hopefully nothing happens. Um, you got another ranked matchup, BYU Army. Oh wait, no, that's postponed. Never mind. Um, but yeah, that's the only game. And the, this slate this this weekend absolutely and, sucks. Yeah, but I mean, on a brighter side, Big Ten football is supposed to be coming back. So hopefully, uh, the sample size of games start uh start opening up. A yeah, they're more, you know either like October twenty fourth, like the. Uh, SEC is going to do, or I think they said, if not that, then at the latest Hall- uh, Hall- Halloween weekend. So, yeah, we'll have that and be interested to see how they intertwine because I, I assume they're all now going to play, be able, eligible to be uh, be able to play for the college football playoffs, and they'll probably have to, my guess, push out the playoffs by a week or two just to make sure everyone can fit out their season, even though most of these teams or conferences are only going to do conference-only games. But yeah. some of these from what I read, I thought that Big Ten was only going to do like nine or ten games. But yeah, yeah, ten is I probably the see. max, I think. Eight at the minimum, ten at the most, depending on how big your conference is or how, how many teams in each division and how many times, how many games you play cross yeah. cross division or cross conference, I should or I guess cross division games. True. I mean, I, I haven't seen Alabama play yet. Um, we haven't seen Ohio State play, but I mean, sure. You know, Clemson didn't play any stellar team. I mean, Clemson. I will say I probably will watch the UCF versus Georgia Tech game. And Georgia Tech coming off last week beating Florida State. They have the uh, 
their freshman QB who actually committed to Florida State and then decommitted a week later and committed to Georgia. Oh, Tech. that's right. You you sent us a text about yeah, that. Right? that uh, yeah, Jeff. I think his name's Jeff Sims or something like that. I don't know, but he's a dual threat quarterback and he didn't play great, but you know, well enough to score enough and to beat Florida State. But you know, usually Florida State's hot garbage. Um, yeah. But or over overhyped. Same shit, different year uh, as well. But UCF, uh, they don't have. Um, they have their quarterback McKenzie. He's still hurt. The one who uh, I think he was the quarterback when they had their so-called self-proclaimed uh, national title two years yeah. ago. <laughs> He's still hurt, but they still have good talent around them. So that you know they're ranked 14th. They're so-called at Georgia Tech. Well, I guess they are at Georgia Tech. Yeah. Um, so that could could be a good game. 3:30 on ABC, and then yeah, everything everyone's going to wait just for the Miami and Louisville game, which should be a good game. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. All right, dude, kind of wraps up week t- week two picks. Uh, I obviously did not start off hot. I went 0-3. I believe you went 1-2. 1-2. 1-2. Uh, the, the, the Ravens game definitely saved you. Um, that was easy money. I should have <laughs> yeah, yeah, but hopefully, hopefully kind of turn around this week. And uh, we do have a special episode coming out as well. We have been getting a lot of questions around, like, you know, what are these betting terminologies? How do I read bets? Now, obviously, Eric and I aren't experts, you know, by a long shot, but, you know, we at least understand the basics. I'd like to think I'm like an intermediate, you know, better. Smarter uh, than you fools. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're probably going to be dropping an episode as well, probably paired with this episode as a separate one. Uh, if you guys ever want to refer back to it, but we'll kind of just cover the basics of of gambling and just like sports gambling, how to read bets, uh, kind of keep it real simple for you guys. But as always, Eric, it's a pleasure and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.